Hey everyone, this is Joe. The correct term is babes, sir. What's up, guys? It's Eric. Via con Dios. On the coast of Southern California, you can only surf, party, and make love for so long before it's time to go to work. Rock and roll! 27 banks in three years. Everybody's Anything to catch the perfect wave. I'm not a crook! Patrick Swayze. Fear causes hesitation. And hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. Keanu Reeves. And you think I joined the FBI to learn to surf? Point break. Adios, amigo! You're listening to Worth a Leafy, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch a movie that they may have recommended at one time and see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. What's new, Joe? Nothing, Eric. Nothing at all. How about you? Nah, nothing. Nothing much. Nothing much. We uh, This weekend, big uh, beer league playoff hockey win, so we're going to the finals again. So, oh, awesome. Okay. Sure, everybody saw it on Sports Center. Uh, <laughs> but it was, yeah. But other, other than that, not a whole lot. You watch anything good on TV or anything? An older film that I used to love is this was actually for a little while one of my favorite films of all time. I, I saw it in theaters like three times. Have you ever seen a Cellular with Chris Evans? I have. At what age was Cellular your favorite movie, one of your favorite movies of when all time? When I first started in theaters, like 2004, I think it was 2004. So how old were you in out. 2004, like 14 or something? I was, yeah, I was a teenager. Yeah, and okay, man, like, right. I loved that movie for a little while. <laughs> like, that's I was fine. obsessed that's, with it. Yeah, that's fine. If, at that age, that's fine. I don't remember. <laughs> I, watched that. I, I watched that for the first time in a little while, and it is still such a fun film. Yeah, no, it's a good one. Not a favorite movie of all time, but <laughs> no, not anymore. But for a little while, though, young Chris Evans, he won me over. Well, you and like every girl in America I, at the time. We were all we all had that one thing in common. It was perfect. Yep. And, now watched... have, and now we all have the OC in common. So it still works out <laughs> my way a little yeah, bit. So. Yeah. You know what I watched the other day as far as movies go before I get into my new favorite show? But, um, I for the first time watched Trial of the Chicago Seven. Oh yeah, it was. What did you think of it? I really, really liked it. I me too. I had started watching it before and not finished it. I don't know if I just got like distracted or something, but it was weird because when I, I I know that I started watching it, but then when I went to sit down and watch it this time <clears throat> and actually applied myself, I was like, I don't remember any of this. So I don't know if the first time I started watching it. I just was so zoned out or something that I didn't retain anything, but it was really good, especially at the end. And uh, I thought you see it's like a different side of Sasha Baron Cohen, which is really cool. Yeah. Super talented guy. And that character, I went down like the rabbit hole as far as like the true story behind it. And the character that he's playing in that is from Worcester. Oh, okay. I know that. Yep. Cool. <clears throat> yep. And then um, also Joseph Gordon-Levitt in that is like the perfect He's not a good guy. Like you can't really like like him, but he's he's like a by the books. You know, he's not a yeah. bad guy either. He's just doing his job. So he's one of those yeah. actors who is good in everything he's in. Yeah, he's talented dude. Yeah. 
Did you and want then, to watch? Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, did you watch the Oscars? At all? I did. Sacha Baron Cohen was uh, <clears throat> nominated um, for yeah. Best Actor. It was a really odd Oscars. Like, don't get me wrong, it was a complete mess. But yeah, I still ended up watching it just because I was interested because Steven Soderbergh was producing it. Yeah, so I was interested to see how what this would look like, and it was what we expected. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I saw clips of it and stuff the next day, and in the end, and how it just like fizzled out. Not yeah. ending with best picture was a dumb move. And we, I think yeah. they all I think they all paid for it. Yeah, they all realized that this was not a smart <laughs> change because I think they were really hyping this up for like a Chuck Bozeman big emotional finale. But then when Anthony Hawkins won, who rightfully was awesome, the father, he was great. So I'm not gonna say he didn't deserve it because he definitely was amazing in it. It just kind of fizzled out after. So it was a really odd closing to the ceremony. <laughs> See, now here's what I'll say about Anthony Hopkins winning and I mean this, I, I haven't seen either film. So this isn't his or uh, Bozeman's film. So, but the, the way I feel about it is the Oscars, it's, it's kind of known that the Oscars gives out like lifetime achievement Oscars all the time where like, you know, you do a movie and it's way better than my movie, but I'm 75 years old and I've been close a few times. Like Scorsese departed yeah <clears throat> whatever Gary Oldman for a while <clears throat> right so the, the, the only thing I don't get about that is Anthony Hopkins ha- already has his the, doesn't he he won once for Sons of the Lambs yep. right so it's kind of like if everyone knows they do lifetime achievement awards he already got his not I, I know he I know he probably deserved it but from everything I hear Bozeman was great as well. So he was. No, he was great. <clears throat> it was honestly between the both of them, and in my opinion. Like, so whoever won, it would have been a really nice and beautiful ending having his family come up and talk on stage on his behalf. But I can't knock Anthony Hopkins either. Guys, A3 is only oh, no. gave a hell of a performance. No, I, and I love Anthony Hopkins. It's not that. It's just, it's not as, it's not like it's a sport where there's no feelings involved and it's just like who, who puts the most points up. It's like clearly the, you can't get sentimental sometimes. And then once you do that, you kind of have to you factor that in. But right. I like do I said, think, I haven't seen either one. So. I do think though, after this year, they're going back to best picture as the final uh, award. I think this is like a learning lesson for all of them. It just makes sense. It's like, it, does, it just makes sense. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get why that <laughs> they even changed that. But um, what I really wanted to talk about here real quick is mayor of Easttown on HBO. Oh, I saw you post about that. It is amazing. And the only thing that sucks is the first time in like forever that Brie and I have liked to show so much while watching it like live and having to wait a week in between episodes. I don't remember. We watched the first episode and then we we're like, great, let's play then. Oh no, we have to wait till week two. And then uh, uh, I play hockey on Sunday. So we watch it on Monday. So Monday we watched, um, episode two it got even better i kind of i think i kind of forgot how good kate winslet is yeah she's great. she's she's amazing and i i really if you have hbo to anyone that has hbo if you've if you liked like true detective or any show like that i cannot recommend a show as much as i recommend mayor of Town. it is amazing it's so, it's so good. Now that you are are on the uh, weekly schedule here with the episodes, you can join like the online discussion forums and like talk about it. I love like I used to love when I used to watch Mr. Robot. It was on like you said weekly, 
So it was always fun after an episode ends, you go on like chat forums and talk to other people about it and see what they what their thoughts were and share your thoughts and opinions. I wish there was like a um, and I think it's a one season thing as far as I know, and it's only seven episodes. So I wish there was like sometime, and I'm sure there is somewhere, but I know like the the chat, the movies guys that that podcast they they do they do like they did like a Game of Thrones podcast and they do you know other ones but I, I think it's not big enough yet for them to do it or for maybe someone did it but i would totally be down to like because that's what brie and i keep saying is like we watch it and we love it and then we just want to talk about it with someone and we don't know anyone else is watching it right now so but anyway i got i gotta make one more plug too. oh yeah, yeah yesterday was the first episode of the oc podcast i was telling you about a couple weeks ago it was amazing too it was so good so richard bilson and linda clark who play two characters in the oc summer and julie they are coming back and doing what they do with like scrubs and i think you mentioned say by the bell a lot of podcasts do this Save now. The bell, yeah. entourage yep. yeah they, a lot of a lot of podcasts a lot of people, uh, people do this now where they rewatch shows that they were in and talk about like kind of scene stuff and yep. it's really cool because the first episode they get um josh schwartz who wrote and created the show and it's really fun it's and it's it was really funny like it was funny than i thought it was going to be and it went on for like over 90 minutes so it was a pretty beefy episode yeah that's the, the same by the bell one does that too they go for, not for 90 minutes but they go for like a little bit over an hour um so yeah it, it is fun it's it's fun to go back and rewatch because the oc is kind of it's not as old as save by the bell but it's been over for a long time i never i never got into it but i know you were you are a big fan so that's good i remember erica at one point bought the uh, the box set and then traded it in after, without even watching it didn't you you had the box on point into a long time ago? I remember I think it was Did you, I buy it? You had the yeah, you had a box set and then you ended up it in a bull moose because you just never watched it. Right? <laughs> was that you? I don't because I remember you were like really like teasing me about it when you were about to trade it and like you were really like rubbing it in my face like that. That sounds like something I would do. That part sounds like something I would do. I just don't remember buying the box set, but I could have maybe I bought it at like a a pawn shop or something. No, yeah, I think you bought it. I think you bought it at Bull Moose. Yeah, you were like, and then you. Were, I think I was with you. We was one of our like late night bull moose runs after work. Yep. And then yep. I remember you <clears> trading in, and you really rubbed it in my face that this was like the moment where you're just gonna trade and never watch it. And I was really bummed out. Yeah, that probably stung a little bit for you, <laughs> but yeah, I remember I tried watching a couple episodes, and it was, it wasn't something that I like. I wasn't. It just, it, well, I wasn't at the right point in life to get into that show. But yeah. Oh well, you know what are you gonna do? Um. So you guys heard the trailer and you heard Joe and I's quotes. You maybe, maybe you got it from one of those, but um, we're going to be discussing the 1991 action. Yeah. Just action uh, heist police movie point break. One of my favorites. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second, but I just want to point out that to go with it, I'm going to be drinking pint break from Cisco brewers down on the Cape on Nantucket. Nice. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, double IPA, delicious. Like I said, they're on Nantucket, and it's definitely on my list of breweries to visit, especially since my wife, who does not drink at all, has been there. She went on like a, I think it was like a bachelorette thing that she went down there for. She went down to Nantucket for, and then they went to that brewery. Um, but this beer is delicious. So, and it obviously, Point Breaks the movie, Pint Breaks the beer. You can't can't beat that. So. This is my pick movie. I watched a ton when I was younger because it was kind of just always on cable um, watching it maybe sometimes the whole way through, but more often, you know, just half hour chunks when you can. 
Um, just a super entertaining movie to me. Um, that's why I picked it. Um, and I want to, before, I'm going to ask Joe about his first memory of this one in a second, but I have a bonus thing that I want to, a bonus category question where I, I just have to talk about remakes in Hollywood because this this movie is the perfect movie to bring up when you talk about this because <clears throat> as you may or may not know they they released another point break a few years ago and it's it was just totally unnecessary they changed the plot that they see it? no okay i said i didn't need, I, I didn't really know i know they changed <clears throat> the plot like that was all that's all new to me oh if they if they made the same movie it would still be stupid but i would at least understand it um but so anyway the reason it's so frustrating is if you watch this movie uh, well, like I did in the early to mid nineties. And then in the early two thousands, <clears throat> you watch the original fast and furious. You'll see that it's pretty much the same exact movie. And I, and I, and I like both movies. I really like both movies, but at least the team at fast and furious were like, Oh, point break. That's a really entertaining concept. Let's tweak it a little bit and make our own movie. You don't just take the name <clears throat> and then tweak the story and put in like a different, I think the second point break. And again, I haven't seen it. Never will see it was centered more around skydiving, I think, but I could be totally wrong. I haven't seen it, but it, the second one just reeked of like trying to cash in on the name of point break. Yeah. And it drives, it drives me crazy. Whereas fast and furious, like I said, if you could, you can be inspired by a film, you can even pretty much, there were scenes in this in point break that fast and furious straight up took like there's, it's the same scene everything everything about it's the same there's a cop who infiltrates like this underground world the surfing world or the racing world and then the lori petty character is pretty much the georgiana brewster character and you know blah 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 but it they at least fast and furious had the decency to come up with new characters and a new movie title and whatever but so that's just end of rant uh but i I had to mention that because this one's what i always think of when i think of bad remakes so what was your first memory Point Break, Joe. The thing that always stuck with me uh, are those present masks. I remember watching this with my parents when I was really young, and those masks, specifically the Nixon one, was absolutely terrifying. And when I watched Point Break again years later, it was crazy having that oh yeah moment where I remembered these robbery masks and how much, especially with Nixon, like um, I'm not a crook, like that part. Yeah, doing that. Yeah, that part always just like really scared me as a young kid. So for whatever reason, those masks are always like the first things I remember. When I think yeah. about point break. <laughs> yep. And it's funny. I agree. I think that is one of the things that most people think about, which is funny because it's, it's an important part of the plot, but there's not a ton of the movie where they're wearing the mask. So right. it just goes to show you, it really sticks with it. Yeah. <clears throat> like I said, I've always just been my, I don't really have a first memory. I don't remember the first time watching it, but I can, like I said, guarantee it was on cable or something, but I do remember rewatching it while we were at movie scene and what caused it was, and I wanted to give these documentaries a, a quick shout out. I went down, like I went and I got this habit of watching surfing documentaries, which is hilarious because I'm from Massachusetts. I've never, I can't be on the beach for more than five minutes without getting sunburned. I've never been surfing. I could not be more detached from that lifestyle. But um, I first, I, I think the first one I watched was riding giants, which if you guys have the ability to, to watch that documentary, I'm telling you, you you can have no connection to surfing, just like I have no connection to surfing. It's just a super entertaining documentary. And then the other one was um, one called Bra Boys, which is about like a kind of like a surf 
not like gang, but group of friends who get into a little bit of trouble in Australia. That's a really interesting one too. So anyway, I just got interested in surfing and then I was like, oh, I should rewatch Point Break. So I remember rewatching it and then putting it up on my employee pick uh, as my employee pick for a while. And then I feel like this is just coming to me right now, but I feel like Ricky had it as his employee pick later on down the road. I don't know where that, where I would have just pulled that out of or why I would have made that up. So yeah, um, just a, just a big, well, not a big movie when I was a kid, but just a kind of a nostalgia favorite for me. Um, do you have any stats as far as how, how the film did financially? Yeah. So Point Break was released on July 12th, 1991, had a budget of 24 million, making 83.5 million in the box office. Pretty good. It was written by W. Peter Leaf. I, I, might, I might be butchering that last name, but the podcast listened to with him. He just goes by Peter. And he wrote the second one, right, too? He did, I think, the, the story part of it. I don't think he wrote the screenplay, but I think he was part of the story, a definite okay, well, story to it. If he was involved with the second one at all, I don't feel bad about you mispronouncing his name <laughs> if you are. So continue. He has a credit for the second one, but I didn't look too into it. I think it was just for the story, though. Like for that, maybe like borrowing some things from the original, if they did okay. borrow anything from the original. Like the, like the title. <laughs> the title, right. Um, he also wrote Varsity Blues, actually, which is a pretty good film. That is a pretty good film. And I have to throw out another shout out because I don't know if I mentioned, I mentioned this, but I've been of another movie podcast that I've recently gotten into and we follow them on Instagram is big screen sports, a sports movie podcast. So, and I just listened to their varsity blues episode the other day. So that's, that's funny. You bring that up. So if you're into sports movies, check them out. They review everything from good ones to bad ones to in between. So awesome. It was, uh, Directed by Catherine Bigelow, who's on some great films such as The Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty, more recently uh, Detroit. This movie eventually spawned, as you mentioned, a remake, which I've yet to see, which it sounds like it might be for the best at this point. Yep. But Stephanie has this following for sure. It's it's action following. Yeah, and it's it's a if you, so. This came out in ninety one. This is. I think this had more influence on 90. It, it was kind of like a, not a blueprint for 90s action movies, but there are a lot of 90s heist movies, heist action movies where you can see that, you know, Point, uh, point Break left like a, or had an impact on them. Oh, so. 100%. I mentioned that later on. This movie is very stylized <laughs> back then. Right. A very stylized action film. Right. So do you have any more numbers as far as finance stuff or? Nope, that's it. So it did pretty well. It did pretty well in the box office with a $24 million budget, making almost $84 It's the classic, even just like you can watch the trailer and see how if you were to design a summer blockbuster, this is is kind of the way to do it. So um, as far as critically and and since then, how how people think of it, it's a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. And Mr. Ebert gave it three and a half stars. I have a quote from his review. He says, the plot of Point Break summarized invites parody. Rookie agent goes undercover as a surfer to catch bank robbers. Bank robbers. The result is surprisingly effective. And I think that's that's pretty active, pretty accurate. It's The plot is crazy, just like the plot of Fast and Furious is crazy, but it works. If you, as long as you go into it knowing that it's not trying to win an Academy Award, then it's a super fun film. So it was a big month. So this came out in July of 91. It's a pretty good month for film. Boys in the Hood came out on the same day. Terminator 2 came out. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey came out. So it was a good 
good month for Keanu. Month. Yep. yep. Uh, Hot Shots. I think it was Hot Shots Part 2, but I could be wrong. Uh, Problem Child 2, and then Regarding Henry came out. So pretty good month for, yeah. for film. And then outside of film, former President Trump proposed to Marla Maples. So shocked that that relationship didn't work out. Um, MLB approved the Rockies and the Marlins franchises. And <clears throat> this, this last fact is every once in a while when we're doing this, I read a fact and I and, it, and you're like, wait, that, that didn't happen until 1991. And it, it kind of reminds you of how um, not progressive we are, or how new some of this stuff is. So in 1991, Senate votes to allow women to fly combat planes. Doesn't it sound like something that should have happened yeah. before um, 1991? But um, yeah, so I just wanted to mention that. Do you have a, a, a back of the DVD summary? I do. After a string of bizarre bank robberies in Southern California, with the crooks donning masks of various former presidents, a federal agent, Johnny Utah, infiltrates the suspected gang. But this is no ordinary group of robbers. They're surfers, led by the charismatic Bodhi, who are addicted to the rush of thievery. But when Utah falls in love with the female surfer, Tyler, who's close to the gang, it complicates his sense of duty. That's pretty, that's pretty stellar. Um back a dvd summer you get the get the whole picture so johnny utah like you said played by keanu so we've talked about keanu johnny utah what a name like just like that name alone let you know you're in for like that's like you know you're getting yourself into with that name they went all out (laughs) they went all out yeah so we talked about keanu recently because we we just did speed but just to go over it again young blood in 86 river's edge in 86 permanent record in 88 bill and ted's excellent adventure in 89 Point Break and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey the same month of 91. Um, My Own Private Idaho in 91. Bram Stoker's Racket in 92. Speed in 94. And then on and on and on. And um, <clears throat> I think we said this in the Speed episode, but his career has taken... He's kind of just continues to step up. And and, and, I, and when I even step up, I mean, like, he he advances his his game, if that makes sense. Because even even going from this to speed, and I'll talk about this later, you can see how much he progressed from here to when he was in speed. So I'm just a huge uh, Keanu Reeves fan as a person. I don't know him personally, but he sounds. Everyone says he's a great guy. So, and I'm a big fan of a lot of his movies. I think he's underrated too as an actor, and I think I underrated him as an actor for a long time. So, um, and then Patrick Swayze, star of the movie for me. Outsiders in '83. Also in Young Blood with Keanu in '86, Dirty Dancing, my wife's favorite movie, I think, of all time in '87, Ghost in 1990, Point Break in '91, you know, certified '80s and early '90s hunk, and very sad that he got sick and, and passed away. And he just, again, kind of another one of those guys who seems like a seems like a very good dude. <clears throat> Lori Petty, Tyler. This is our second Lori Petty film, League of their curiosity. League of Their Own. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. We did League of Their Own, and she was in that. She was also in Free Willy in 93, Tank Girl in 95. And nowadays, for kind of this generation, she's most known from Orange is the New Black, the the Netflix show, which my wife was also a fan of that one as well. So Gary Busey, so FBI agent Angelo. So in 1978, he was in A Star is Born, the the older version. Um, Then he got an Oscar nomination for Buddy Hall Story in 78. In the 80s, he was in Stephen King movie, uh, Silver Bullet. He was in Lethal Weapon. And in the 90s, he had Rookie of the Year, The Firm, Black Sheep with uh, Chris Farley and David Spade, Lost Highway, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. 
I do have to mention that he was in a bad motorcycle accident in, in 1988 that left him with brain damage. And he's had his battles with addiction and, and all that stuff. And it's kind of sad because I think most people think of him now as kind of like a, I don't want to say as a joke, but they, they don't think of him as a serious actor. And I'll be honest, I didn't realize that he was ever nominated for an Academy Award movie. I knew he did the, for an Academy Award. I knew he did the Buddy Hall story, but I didn't know he was nominated. And then the other thing I thought is I knew that he had the accident and I, I think I would have guessed that it was after this. So I should have done more research, but it, I don't think they would have filmed this movie three years early. So it's weird because he seems pretty with it in this movie compared so to I him. I thought he was one of the best parts of this movie. I thought he, I thought he did a, like probably one of the strongest parts of this film acting. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes you wonder how much of his, you know, when you see Gary Busey now, he's he's kind of a caricature of himself and yeah i want you it makes you wonder how much of it is or how much of it you can attribute to his brain injury how much of it is actually the addiction or if he's kind of playing on it at this point you know like he's just he's just kind of doing an impression like gary Busey playing gary Busey almost but either way it's kind of sad to to see because he i i don't i don't think he was ever going to be the greatest actor but he was a talented. He is a talented dude. I don't want to talk about him like he's dead, but um, and then you mentioned Catherine Bigelow. Uh, she had quite a few good movies, so we can we can skip over that. So, do you have anything down for random facts? Only a couple. Um, Patrick Swayze was an accomplished skydiver and took part in the big skydiving scene. He made fifty-five jumps in total, which is just wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kenner Reeves observed real FBI agents in Los Angeles to study for the role. He also practiced with UCLA quarterback coaches to help with the football scene. I saw that. Which is really cool. Like that extra little bit of commitment to the to the role. Especially Kenner Reeves as a young actor at this point. Like he's not like really established quite yet. So he's yep. really cool seeing that. And for many of the surfing scenes, Patrick Swayze refused to use a stunt double as he never had one for fight scenes or car chases. So yeah, yep, those are good ones. I have a I have a Keanu trivia question for you. This is the first of two movies in which Keanu played a former Ohio State football quarterback. What was the second one? Replacements. Yes. Yeah, yep. Is it okay? Yep. So that was one of the facts that I had. Um, a few other ones I have, and this is Catherine Bigelow earned her paycheck for this one decision. So Catherine Bigelow fought to have Keanu Reeves cast as Johnny Utah insisting that she wouldn't film the movie without him. The studio and the producers were interested in looking at a higher profile actor, like at the time, Johnny Depp. That would have been the worst casting decision of all time if they tried to play, put uh, Johnny Depp in that spot. Not because he's just the least like tough looking guy of all time. It would have been, that would have been absolutely horrible. (laughs) And then speaking of Catherine Bigelow, so, officially uncredited um, because of some issue with the Writers Guild of America. I guess James Cameron, because they were together when this came out, so they they rewrote the final script together, so him and Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, he was an executive, executive producer, I believe, right, in this film? I think that's right, yep. Yeah. And then um, Johnny Utah became an FBI agent after suffering a knee injury that ended his football career, and in real life, and I mentioned this uh, in the Speed episode, Keanu Reeves was an aspiring hockey player who suffered a knee injury and then went on to become an actor. So that's pretty cool. Uh, another uh, worth the leafy episode to reference to tie this into 
the beach spot where the for, or where the football game is, um, where they play football, is the same beach where they used uh, where they played soccer in the Karate Kid. So that's pretty cool. And then here are some other names that were tied to the role of Johnny Utah. You tell me which of these, if any, would have worked. So Matthew Broderick was originally offered the role. Others who auditioned were Johnny Depp, Charlie Sheen, Willem Dafoe, and Val Kilmer. Swayze, Swayze originally auditioned for the role of Utah before landing the role of Bodie. And I guess Defoe got it and turned it down. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, those all I can picture is uh, Kilmer, maybe. But everyone else, especially brought Matthew Broderick, who is just an and it's so innocent. I can't picture right. him in that role, but Val Kilmer, maybe. You know, the problem with Val Kilmer, though, is I think Val Kilmer and Patrick Swayze look too similar. I, like, they, they, they just, they, I don't know, you need some contrast. They, they look almost like they could be brothers or something. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess out of all those, I would say Val Kilmer. Um, and then, yeah, so. Well, Swayze was the best choice, but thought, oh, yeah, let's no. all agree it's be okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Did you have anything down for stuff that wouldn't fly today? You no, I, I really, I really didn't. The part that like maybe like a little sad was when the dog is tossed and kicked, but like I get why I was kicked in that moment. Oh, you know, <laughs> so. you know, I hated that. That was, um, I, I read a fun fact about that too, about how I, and I, I kind of envisioned that they had to add this fun fact to the IMD, IMDB page because people like me were like messaging them like, <laughs> what? the hell because you could you don't see it you don't see it happen it's off screen which is right. from i remember so that was like that was like a nice save in the care that the dog's okay <laughs> yes they said that they use like a, the thing he threw was like a stuffed dog and like it's not it's but yeah they, I, that's that's my messed up mind is that like he if he like kicked a little kid i would have like that's cool but, <laughs> but but you do not touch a dog don't touch dog so yeah no i agree i didn't there wasn't anything really which is kind of surprising because for most early nineties movies, there's at least, and if we missed one, you know, feel free to let us know, but there's usually some either like super dated, like man talking to a woman, like she's yeah, a piece of crap. Yeah. yeah. Or there's like a, or there's like a homophobic slur or yeah. some racial thing. And like I said, we may, maybe we missed it, but I didn't notice anything. So what was your favorite scene? So I have three quick scenes three quick things I want to kind of talk about real fast. Yep. So when Utah jumps after Bodhi at the end of the movie without a parachute, such a wild scene. And you can really feel that fuck it mentality that Johnny has in that given moment as he just lost his partner and is still trying to keep his love interest alive. That on foot chase scene was insane. That went on for over three minutes and never got bored. or went on for too long. Honestly, one of the better on foot chases in movies I can remember. Right. And not just from the early nineties, just in general, You're just in general. Right. It like, it was a really, really well paced scene. And the moment where Johnny lands his first wave, everyone just packs up and gets ready to head back. But Johnny is sitting in the water with Tyler and he's just smiling and enjoying himself. We forget that he puts his 25 year old. So all that pressure he's riding on is definitely a nice couple of minutes for sure. Yep. Yep. No, that's good. I, my favorite scene is I, the, the one that you mentioned that I almost picked was when he jumps out um, without the parachute. And I, the thing I like about that scene so much is that, it it's kind of like the whole series of events where first they have the jump where they jump out and he he does have a parachute but he's like not sure if if it works if it's a val if it's a legit parachute and then he lands he's so happy and then they uh pretty much immediately tell him hey yeah that was cool and everything we got some bad news though your love interest is is so that whole 
series and then it ends with him going from scared to even jump out of a plane to I'm going to jump out of a plane without a parachute just to get this guy. That That's yeah. a cool series. So that, so that was a good pick. My, my favorite scene is the end scene, the whole 50 year storm thing where, you know, Johnny had been going back and forth with what to do with Bodhi the whole time, just in general. Cause you could tell Bodhi just is so cool that he like won. It's again, it's like Dom and fast and fear. It's like he won him over. He had a chance to shoot him earlier. He didn't. And in this scene, he has to kind of make up his mind on, on what's the right call, not for his job, because he definitely didn't do the right, you know, as far as the police handbook, he didn't handle it, but handle it correctly. But he lets him go and he, and he's just kind of letting him go out on in his own way. Uh, you know, you know what I mean? Like he's right. And the other cop says like, you let him go. And he's like, no, I didn't. Cause and it, that's kind of him saying like, he's, he's dead, man. Like he's, you know, he yeah, just, in the beginning he says that's how if he would he would if he dies he wants to die that way and he yep. got his wish, <laughs> right? So, you know, fire con Dios. Um, and then <laughs> I I I don't care. The thing about that that scene too is I know that there's the odds of it, the timing working out, all that stuff. There's a bunch of like logistic stuff that I know are it's completely ridiculous, but I don't care. It's that's it's just movies, a, though. It's ridiculous. Exactly. It's dumb and like exactly. I accept you accept that. Exactly. Dumb movies are fine as long as they're not pretending to be <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think that Catherine Bigelow or Patrick Swayze, the late great Patrick Swayze or Keanu thought this is like going to win them best picture. They, they knew what they were doing. Right. I'm not going to, they not did gonna, it well. Right. I'm not going to go into the Fast and Furious 9 and be like, oh, that's not realistic. They're in, you know, they're flying right out their car. Like it's dumb fun. You know, you're, you know, you're getting stuff into. That's a good point. I, the one thing I will say is watching this movie, makes me because i all joking aside i love the fast and furious movies me too yeah but fast and furious one was so different from the other fast and furious movies oh, so yeah. and you watching this you you kind of get that because this like i said it's pretty much the same movie which is a different subculture but oh, oh yeah from five on that movie goes off the rails which is like it, it's, for, it's for the best totally okay yep. yep it's just a different series but i love it yeah anyway um did you have anything down for the soundtrack uh, not a whole lot. Um, I have, I mean, the, the, the guy who composed this, he's still working today. The soundtrack has that classic 80s and 90s sound and was composed by Mark Ism, who has a pretty extensive resume. And I think we've actually might mention this, his name, one of our earlier episodes, because it sounds really familiar. Um, he has works ranging from 1983 and still going strong as recent as this year with Judas and the Black Messiah, which is just nominated for an Oscar. So really I, cool. I, that's, that's on my list of things to watch soon. It's Have you seen of, it? It's one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah. Really? Okay, I gotta yeah. check it out. But yeah, so they, it's awesome seeing Markham still like working and work with really good movies, like not like these B movies. He's still with some pretty high profile films. Yeah, good for him. That's quite the run. Thirty years. Yeah. At least thirty years. Um. <clears throat> so, uh, what would you if you could change one thing? What would what would you change? I don't like the outcome of Bodie. He was this person who had this set of rules and this team who he treated like a family. They were all loaded each other and did everything together. Obviously, going for the vault last minute causes a ton of tension, but the fact that losing everyone on his team and killing two cops, the man is never phased. He still gets in the car with Rosie in the end and makes his happy getaway. Maybe it hits him after. I don't know. But in that moment, for someone who stood firmly against certain rules, when they eventually happened because of, because of what he did, he doesn't react in any way that I would imagine and just kind of continues on. That was one thing I mentioned. And the other thing, um, small thing, small thing here. Some of the cuts were sort of weird. 
like the transition from Utah about the surf to him about the drown. Um, And then Pappas saying he should get some sleep the next morning and then immediately cut to Tyler and him walking around the party. I sort of lost track of time in those good moments, which is an odd complaint for me. Nothing bad, but just threw me off for a couple of minutes. Okay. So I have to, good points. One of yours um, made me, reminded me of a question that I wanted to ask you. A lot of the things that this film gets credit for in a non-joke way is the cinematography and like the filming of the surfing and the filming of the chase. And um, like, kind of like we said about early 90s, this, and this is, this film's effect on nineties action movies. What did you think as a more educated film as more educated viewer? What did you think about the cinematography of the surfing considering it was the early nineties and of the chasing and everything like that? Oh, it was awesome. It was like, again, this was ahead of its time with the stylized filming, the surfing, the action specifically is, like you said, it was, it's almost like influential still, still to this day. Yeah. I can't remember the the camera, but when I was reading through like facts, they, there was like this one type of camera that she wasn't the first person to use it, but uh, Bigelow wasn't the first person to use it, but she got, they were people giving her a lot of credit for like kind of being one of the first or the first to use it so well and to kind of maximize the potential. So yeah, credit and, to her. I, and the cinematographer, Donald Pierman, he did a, a lot of like diverse works from comedy to action. So, and not a whole lot of action. So it's kind of cool seeing how much of an influence he had with Point Break. And then he goes on to like Anna Family Values and Get Shorty. So it's like yep. a really cool scene, like how diverse his um, background was. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I, I realized, but I, I can see what you're saying though about some of the cuts. So yeah. Um, if I could change one thing, I didn't really have anything huge, but I had a few little things. Um, the, the first is, this is probably the, if I had to pick one. So the kind of the surfer thug, so not Bodie's crew, but the Anthony Kiedis um, crew. So their names of Tone, Warchild, Bunker, um, just a little bit over the top, a little bit. Um, and then the characters in general too, not just the name. So like the hair, the jewelry, and the, the outfits and everything like that. It didn't work for me. And I and I know that I wasn't involved in the surf scene of the late 80s or early 90s, but I think that they, I think of surfers as just being more like, you know, they have, they wear like baggy t-shirts and, you know, oh, whatever they bags. want. Yeah. Well, they should all have six pack. The surfers, <laughs> are, the surfers are shredded. And in all seriousness, though, I think that Keanu and even though Keanu wasn't like a, a surfer like the other guys, Swayze was like shredded, but he was the perfect type of shredded to be in this movie. Because if you try to do this movie and you tried to use like, the rock it's like dude that's not what surfers look like surfers are shredded but they're not they don't bench press like eight thousand pounds so um yeah so that was that was it my my biggest one and then the other thing is the scene where johnny utah helps with the raid of the house even though they don't want him to like blow his cover i was just like you're telling me you don't have another cop that you could use and they do this exact same scene in fast and furious so it's just that that was one of the one of the biggest moments where i was like wow this is the the same movie so Anyway, this is the point of the show where we give our, our score on what uh, what we thought about the movie. So we ran our films on a scale of one to five. Would you mind paying a late fee to keep this film? Score of one is Johnny Utah hasn't even started surfing. He's not even out of the academy or he's not even on the job with, with Busey before you turn it off and you return it because you don't want to pay a late fee. All the way up to a score of five where you watch, uh, we watch uh, Swayze swim off into the hopefully 
heaven, but I, I have my doubts. <laughs> yes. And then you you want to keep it a few extra days so you can show your friends, watch it again. Maybe even you just buy the movie from the store. So it was my pick. This one was my pick. So Joe's going to go first. Scale of one to five, Joe. What are you giving Point Break? I, I give it a 3.5. When this movie came out in 91, this was a very solid, was very solid back then with some really great action sequences. Now watching it all these years later, it's turned into campy fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not very intelligent, but the action still holds up. And Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze are great together. There's some character moments that don't fit in with their personality, but the two hours flows incredibly well and definitely will be a film I revisit again soon. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, I love this movie. It was made in 91, but it's got like a great 80s feel. I mean that in in a good way. It's cheesy. The plot's ridiculous. I get it, but it's fun. Not every movie has to be an award winner. Um, sometimes you just want to like sit down and be entertained and laugh a little bit, see some cool action scenes. And I, this is a big factor too. I love heist films. Um, I also, even though that a lot of, there's not really a ton of heist in this one, but I also gave it a 3.5 out of five. And the interesting thing about that is when we were doing speed a couple episodes ago, I was pretty sure, cause I knew I was going to do this. And I was pretty sure that I was going to give this a four, just like I gave speed. Um, and it was rewatching speed was a great way to kind of like calibrate my, my score, if that makes sense. Cause Keanu is way better in speed. He's a way better actor in speed and Sandra Bullock's ready too. But it was just cool to see the progression of Keanu Reeves from, from this movie to speed. If you watch them in a, you know, in within a couple of weeks of each other, um, like speed's a better movie, but this one is just so entertaining for me. It's I have nostalgia, like nostalgia for days. Swayze's great. Supporting cast of everyone from Busey to John C. McGinley. Um, and then one more thing about Swayze, and I think he's really what makes this film and what carries it is he's he's just such he's believable as a bad guy, but at the same time, you root for him, right? Like he's, he's not very charismatic, he really <laughs> right. has that personality where you do, like you said, you feel bad for him, like he doesn't he doesn't want to do, he doesn't want to deal with violence, he's just like he just wants some extra cash, <laughs> right? And he's super believable. I don't know if it's just because of Swayze's like blonde hair and like he like if you saw that if you didn't know if patrick crazy was never famous and you saw that guy and you were like and someone was like oh that's a surfing legend you'd be like yeah yeah i believe that he looks like it so uh, yeah i gave it a three three point five out of five as well really enjoyed it and like you said i will definitely be re i own the dvd so i'll be watching it again but it's just like it was before if i'm flipping through the channels this weekend and this is on tv i'm sitting down for at least an extra half an hour so um the beer, uh, Pint Break, was delicious. So highly recommend getting that if you if it's available near you. So as far as the next pick, well, first of all, follow us on Instagram. We're at The Lady Suggestions are always welcome. We'll be back uh, next week. And that's where I want to kind of explain what's going on. So we did have a listener request from Brian. Finally, you sent it through. And we're going to do your episode. Joe has an episode that we have to get in before that because I'll let him explain that. But Brian, if you're listening, your episode will be not the next episode, but the one after that. Joe, what do we do next? So we are going to be talking about Star Wars for, of course, Star Wars Day on May 4th, as nerdy as that is, which I'm excited about because I watch these movies all the time. So it'll be just like be a little different watching it with like a little notes notebook with me. So it'll be a really cool way to watch this time. But we are going to, I, I'm pretty much committed to getting this out on the 4th, on the on yeah. May 4th, the day we film it. So we'll see if that holds true, but 
that's the goal. If, and then, if it doesn't hold through, I'm going to give Joe so much shit because I try to talk. <laughs> I try to tell him a million times, you don't need to do this, Joe. I, we've. I, I need a reason, like a big reason to review Star Wars. I can't just pick like any other regular episode. <laughs> it's such a big film in, in history. So it has to be a good reason to do this episode. And this is the perfect excuse for it. So it's very fitting. So we, we, we I will make this work. All right. Well, there you, you heard it there, folks. It'll be, I just clarify too. We'll go in order. It'll be a new hope. So oh, yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. to clarify that. Yeah. Yeah. We're not doing. Yeah. I mean, no, next I year, next year is Empire. Oh, no, I, no, no, no. I meant we're not doing, <laughs> we're not doing the, the new, new ones like the. Oh yeah. No, we'll, uh, we'll do uh, a new hope this year, Empire next, and then I uh, return two more years from now. So that's fair. <laughs> so um, thank you guys very much for listening again. Like I said, follow us on Instagram. That's where Brian sent his recommendation or suggestion request, whatever you want to call it. Feel free to send us a message or comment on one of our posts, and we'll be happy to try to get you get your episode in, in rotation. Um, yeah, thank you guys very much for listening. We'll see you next week. As always, thank you.